Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon. I'm Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at xzoneradiotv.com and on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Catherine McIntyre. She is a natural psychic and clairvoyant and author of two books about her experience living as a psychic in the historic town of Concord, Massachusetts. She is also an astrologer, a UFO experiencer, and an occasional ghost hunter. A blog uh, McIntyre wrote about one of her investigations in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, got the attention of author Greg Latimer, who investigated and validated McIntyre's findings and concluded, uh, I'm sorry, and included in the story in his book, Ghosts of Booth Bay Region. Joining us now is Catherine McIntyre. And Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice having you with us. Um, so tell us more about yourself and what it was that got you onto your path to doing what you're doing now. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, well, I grew up in Michigan, actually, so I, I, 
I'm excited to talk to someone in Ontario because I have a lot of memories of Ontario. Um, uh, grew up as a psychic kid and mm-hmm. in a household that didn't believe in such things, really. Um, and so I was. Uh, it was always a challenge to kind of come to terms with this ability that I had and what the things I was hearing, seeing, right? You know, um, and that were affecting me and my reality, um, including. Uh, alien, alien experiences as a kid, which I later had uh, had to process, kind of. Um, but I grew up with this notion that you know I was always going to live in Boston, and I, I knew it from the time I was about twelve. Mm-hmm. Began telling my mother this, and uh, just had the strong desire to be in this area. And uh, eventually, when I was done with school in Michigan, I got in the car and drove out, and this is where I've been since. Um, and it's been an evolution to kind of um, figure out why I had come here, and that's and it, it finally all came together for me in uh, the last say ten, fifteen years, I guess now. Wow. Um, since um, you know the connection to Thoreau mm-hmm. became more clear, and uh, I began to channel him, which is what my latest book is about, called The Thorough Whisperer. All right, let, let, before we talk about that, I'd like to hear about your other experiences uh, with the paranormal. For example, your alien encounter or your alien visitation, was it? Well, I had the classic UFO, you know, alien experience when I was mm. a kid in Michigan. And, um, you know, the waking up during the night and, right. you know, Seeing, you know, feeling kind of frozen on the bed and being aware of these small beings, you know, kind of next to the bed. And I had a moment of um, kind of calling out to my mother and having her come into the room finally. But before she came in, I psychically saw these things kind of scatter. So (laughs) she comes into the room and I'm like a seven-year-old babbling at her about how one of them's in the dining room, mom, one's in the closet and one's, you know, and she's like, what are you talking about? Um, and, you know, just like, go back to sleep. You're having a crazy dream. Wow. But it really wasn't a crazy dream. It was a reality. Um, and it took me years to really figure out um, that that was real. But of the many experiences that I had uh, as a kid that my mother had a habit of telling me weren't real, um, that one stood out as I knew it was real. And it was years later I was out here in in the Boston area and um, in my 30s and Art Bell's show had, you know, come on. And so the world had changed a lot. This was like in the 90s. I discovered Mm -hmm. Art Bell and began to hear a lot of people talking about the kind of things I had experienced. And I began to realize, you know, I'm not the only one and, you know, this, I'm not crazy. And uh, I began to investigate um, that particular experience at that time. Were you ever able to come to any conclusions or closures about that uh, that experience? Um, I mean, I guess yes. I mean, it it took a you know really several years mm-hmm. and a lot of um, kind of coming to terms with first that it was real, yes, and then what did it mean to me mm-hmm. um, in my life, and what did it mean in general that I that I could have that experience or that I mm-hmm. could have have all these others that I'd had. What does that mean to be psychic? What does it mean to be able to connect a spirit in the way that I do? And um, I, I think that's a lot of my, you know. Sure. What was, it, what was it like the first time you connected with spirit? 
you know, that was, I think that was going on my whole childhood. It was just so classically, um, just, I could just always sense it around me. I could see things. I could, I would know people, (laughs) this was a a good one. I tend to know when people were going to pass. And I'm not even sure how I knew, but I would know. And I would go to my mother and be like, oh, I I knew that was going to happen. You know, I knew, you know, it was just a constant stream of this kind of stuff. And I realized later, you know, um, when I think of it all these years later and all the things I've gone through, is that it comes down to me, it's it's consciousness. It's that we, we are conscious beings. We are spiritual beings inhabiting these physical bodies. And I know everybody says this all the time, but really that's so true. And when you are aware of that and you're you know really highly conscious you pick up all kinds of stuff because you're picking up those things that exist in those realms that aren't physical and or that know how to manipulate them and you know kind of but (laughs) cynthia it must it must be so hard for you and so tiring like if (laughs) you you know you're you're here there and everywhere all, all at the same time well, it's just you know you wow. have to learn how to how to um, protect yourself against it, and you know at least I did, yeah. and what you're willing to accept and what you're not. I I for years went through um, difficulty sleeping because of the the um, dreams uh, call them dreams the dream travel essentially, wow. and I I wouldn't have a lot of control over what I was encountering in dreams. So I mean I I'm out there in the astral just picking up all kinds of crap I mean like really <laughs> sort of going into the bad side of town oh my gosh and and I'm like okay you know I need to learn not to do that or I somehow need to protect myself from that or get an answer to why are they coming for me you know why why do I have to have these you know battles in my dreams just to come out of them and that was a that was a big deal for a long long time um and I just think again it's when you you have that ability to slip into that realm, and until you learn how to drive that car you're in over there, um, you're going to encounter a lot of stuff, um, and they're going to see you coming. Why is because, it? Some, why is it know. some people have the ability and the gift that you have, and other people are just as thick as bricks? Um, you know, I don't know. Like, why? Why can some people paint and other people can't? And I you know, why? So. Why can I write the way I do and other yeah. people can't do this? And you know, um. I don't know. I think we all have gifts. We all have abilities, and maybe this is one of them. Is it, or, or, you know, I mean, maybe as simple as that. I think everybody has the, the potential for it. Yes. Um, certainly, we all have had these experiences. Maybe you know, just to varying degrees. So I think everybody has the ability. It's just to, you know, how much, or how little, or how much time we put to it. And, and I would um, imagine. How, for example, I'm, I'm sure there are people listening tonight all over the world who have had the psychic impressions, the psychic visions, and the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the gift like you have. But because of the negativity of the people around them, they have mm-hmm. been forced to shut it down because, you know what, it's just their imaginations. It's not it's, real. That's right. Yeah. And that's what I lived with. Um, My God. Years. Hey, listen, uh, Cynthia, you and I have to take our first break. I'm sorry, Catherine. (laughs) It's the spelling. I get that a lot. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Catherine. (laughs) Well, Caroline's my favorite granddaughter. 
So, oh, right. great. There, there you go. <laughs> it's such a good name. Yeah, it is. It is. She's yeah. a real sweetheart. Um, stand by. You and I have to take our first break, Catherine. Okay. And XR Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Catherine, visit her website, uh, www.theconcordwriter.com or www.thethoroughwhisperer.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, same email address that I've had for 32 years doing this show. Uh, no, Huey Lewis, it's not. I want a new drug. It's www... No, that's a website. See what you're doing to me? Craig, when you <laughs> misfire stuff on me. Let's try this again. Send me an email, exxon at exxon radio TV. I'm Rob McConnell, whatever you do, don't go away. back uh, Catherine See, I said it right that time it yeah there we go Catherine McIntyre is our special guest Exo Nation her uh, websites are www.theconcordwriter.com and thethoroughwhisperer.com all right curiosity who's thorough Henry David Thoreau, the great author of Concord Massachusetts mm-hmm. the man who lived at the uh, in the cabin at Walden Pond and wrote the book Walden this is a very famous American writer. Okay. So maybe in Canada they don't teach the row. But, you know, when you live in Concord, Mass., he's right up there next to God. So. Now, if you would have said not. Stephen King, I would have said, oh, wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, now, this is one of the reasons that my book is so helpful, because not a lot of people want to read Thoreau's Walden these days, unless, of course, you live in Concord, then you read yeah. it every day. But, um, but. It, this, you know, my experience with him turned out to be just so amazing and wonderful. But there's so much in his work that's so worthwhile and so important. And uh, I think that, um, you know, it's like one of the big questions was, well, why, why would he be talking to you? And what's he doing back? You know, and, yeah, and like, what is he doing? The... Ta- what is he doing talking to you? To you and why is he back? Back. Why was he back? Well, I think the answer to that is he never goes away. You know, he never went away because we don't go away. We go into spirit. So his consciousness has continued, as all of us will continue. And uh, so there's that. But you know, you know, the whole pull to the Concord area, the pull Mm -hmm. to Boston. You know, that was that was there from the beginning. When I first moved out here from Michigan. In, it was in 84. I had spent the four years prior working at an oncologist's office in Lansing, Michigan, while I finished my degree at Michigan State. As soon as I was done with the degree, I was gone, <laughs> and I was out here. And then one of the first things I did was have a psychic reading at a house near Walden Pond. 
And I realized years later during the period of the channeling that, you know, it suddenly occurred to me that I had had that reading. And I went looking for the tape I had of it, and I listened to it, because I still had the tape 25 years later, whatever it was. And in that reading, they said to me, there's a man, you know, there's a spirit here that wants to work with you. And, you know, like wants, wants to whatever, communicate, work with you, you know, write with you. And I had no idea at the time that it was it was thorough, and and turns out it was. So it just took us a little over twenty years to finally make it happen. But um, but that was you know like a cool mm. thing. So do you, do you think that when because you wanted to move from Michigan to Boston, and uh, you know the, your connection with uh, Thoreau, that this might have something to do with a past life that you had? Yeah. You know, I get that question a lot, um, and, you know, I have to say yes. I mean, I definitely feel tied to mm-hmm. this area, and, like, I, I came back here for a reason. I've had, um, you know, I've heard some people speculate who I might have been. This is one of the, the um, there was a local right, or local school teacher who was famous for having drowned herself in the Concord River. And, uh, well, well, hold on um, here, hold on here, hold she, on here. She became a character in one of Nathaniel Hawthorne's books. Hold on here, hold on here, hold on here, hold on here. Let's, let's, let's turn this tape back a little bit. A teacher became famous because she drowned. Well, she, she became famous because the, or because Hawthorne wrote about her. But her name was Martha Hunt. All right, she the, was a very intelligent, very um, determined young woman mm-hmm. at a time when women were struggling to, you know, have the right to do something other than become a mother. Okay. And um, and so uh, she was teaching school in Concord, and I guess one day she just was done, and she walked into the Concord River. Um or was the Sudbury River was one of them. Anyway, and later Nathaniel Hawthorne, who was also spent some time living in Concord, when um, he wrote about her in one of his books. He, he went out the night she she drowned herself. They were looking for the body, and he and I don't think it was it was I think it was Ellery Channing. I'm not sure, but they went out in the boat and um, found her, and so he wrote about it. So I've had people tell me they think I was her. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. I'm I'm still mulling that over. There's a possibility. I can just imagine this. Uh, hey Val, what are you doing tonight? Well, why? What do, What do you mean? Well, you know, I heard somebody drowned in the river. Actually, actually, just she's a school teacher. She drowned. And what do you say? How about this for an idea? We're going to get a boat. Are you following me? And and we're going to go look for the dead body. And, no, no. and, and then and then what you I'm going to remember wh- when this happened. You know, this was like in 1845 or something. All right, and so they didn't have a motorboat. They probably had a rowboat. No, they had a little rowboat. Okay. And it happened out behind the old, you know, the old manse, which is out near the North Bridge in Congress, oh, where wow. the battle for the independence was fought and all that. Um, so, and that's where Hawthorne was living at the time in, in the, at the old manse. So he got pulled into going and looking for the, for the body oh. in a little rowboat that he bought from Thoreau. So... My goodness, it's just filled with it's history over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, the town is uh-huh. just full of history. So when so when you when you communicate with Thoreau, um, how does it go? Like, does he come to you, or do you go to him? Well, you know, he would. He used to come to me. Um, 
it was the way this started was you know I eventually I moved here and yeah. I I joined the Thoreau Society which is you know very academically inclined group and I love to announce I'm not an academic in any way and I like it that way um, and I met through the, the Thoreau Society Brad Dean who had become famous because he edited and published Thoreau's unfinished manuscripts you know manuscripts that didn't get done before he died and. I believe now that Brad was actually channeling Thoreau during that work, but that's a whole separate topic. But anyway, so he had had, uh, done that, and I met Brad through the Thoreau Society. And in January 2006, like 11 days after Brad died, and before I knew he had died, Brad was in my dining room, (laughs) and I was talking to him. And, you know, I saw him and communicated with him, and then I kind of blinked out of it, you know, and, and I said to myself, you're crazy because, you know, it's what I'm taught to tell myself every time something like that happened. And I just kind of went to work. And and at work, I started digging around on the Internet looking for – I was looking for a death notice for a neighbor who had died. And I popped an obit from my friend Brad, and oh, that's how I learned he had died. And then so I learned that what had happened that afternoon actually had happened. Um, and so then I went to see a psychic um, – to help me connect with them. And, um, you know, at that point I was still in my denial. I don't want to be a psychic. I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. Why am I mm. this way? And uh, so I, you know, went to another psychic to help me connect. And in that connection, in that reading that day, um, she, I, you know, I watched her um, do a, a formation, like with her hands that I had seen him do. You know, it was like exactly. She's like, oh, I see him doing this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I saw him doing that. Um, so I knew it was him. And um, she told me that day, she said, get ready, because in the fall, you know, not only is, is Brad going to continue to work with you, um, but uh, Thoreau is going to begin to talk to you as well. And and he did. My goodness. <laughs> it was amazing. Geez, I'm going to have to check this out, Craig. Uh, get our research people to check out who this thorough guy is. You know, he's got his own society, for God's sake. <laughs> he's a big deal. I can't believe you don't know him. But, you, you know, you're like the second Canadian person who has, like, looked at me in a strange way, like they had no idea who he was. So that's so funny. I, I, just, got a, I just got a message here from, from our satellite uplink center in White Springs, Florida. The engineer there is saying, I never heard of this guy either. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Come on. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's taught. He's been taught in the schools. At least when I was in high school, he was being taught in college. Yeah. Well, now in high school, they teach you how to be a marksman and how to use guns and protect yourself on, from knives and everything else. Hey, that, do that you do psychic useful. readings yourself? What's that? Do you do psychic readings? Um, I used to do some astrology readings, yeah. but I really don't do psychic readings. No, myself. I, I kind of don't like the responsibility of it. Mm. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, why, why um, I was asking was because if I was going to go to any psychic, I would go to you because I love your attitude. Oh, thank like, you. Like, I, I just think you're a real cool person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and and so I nice. don't, believe me, I've been doing this show 32 years and I very seldom say that to a guest. <laughs> I really appreciate but, that. But I, you know, you're, you're, um, you're honest, please. you're straightforward. You know, yeah. you're, you're not, there's no pretentious... Mm-hmm. Bone in your body. Not one. 
No. <laughs> I'm a girl from Detroit. I don't know what to say. And, and I'll tell you something, Catherine, before we go to this commercial break. If ever I go looking for a drowned person, I want you in that boat with me. Okay, well, there's another theory as to who I might have been encountered. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to take that on the other side of this news break. Please stand by. Exo okay. Nation, our guest this hour is Catherine McIntyre. What a great lady. And uh, her website is theconcordwriter.com and thethoroughwhisperer.com. I wonder if that's like a horse whisperer. It's, it's the same idea. Okay. I stole it. You stole, stole it. The, <laughs> there the she goes. Thing. This is the honesty that I really admire in people. I stole it. The ghost whisperer, the bird whisperer, whatever. I'm the thorough whisperer. All right, thorough whisperer. We've got to take our break, so shh, here we go. Welcome back to the Excel. That's my good friend Michael J. McCurley from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and his his group entitled Band from Heaven. Geez, I wonder why. Mike's a great guy. I had the pleasure of working with Mike when I was doing the voice tracking for Creepy Canada at his studios in Hamilton, and uh, he's one of the guys who does a lot for the community there. So, Mike, hats off to you and your gang, and please give everyone my best. We're talking to uh, Catherine McIntyre this hour, and she is um, she's a, uh, an astrologer. She also has had UFO experiences, ghosts, things that go bump in the night. Um, she's been she was on Expedition Bigfoot, I believe. Oh no, no, I was interviewed by. I was not on that show. Oh, I was in- interviewed by Ronnie LeBlanc. Wait a second. Why? Book, why? Why weren't you? Man. Why weren't you on the show? I know. What the hell is on going on here? Bigfoot's no, no. never gone out into a into a river looking for a dead body. He may have done that. <laughs> we really need to get off that topic. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of cute. That's why. Oh, okay. You know, little. <laughs> ha, do you, I'm sure you've seen these pictures of the uh, of the uh, what is it the the early twenties, uh, the nineteen twenties nineteen thirties where they have this guy in a rowboat and this lady sitting in the back with a parasol. Yes, uh, yes. 
Yeah, I, I'm just a romantic. That's a better heart. image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whenever I see that image, uh, we've got a painting of that in our house, and whenever mm-hmm. I see that, it reminds me when Laura and I, who's my wife, uh, mm-hmm. we were dating many years ago, prior to six kids and fifteen grandchildren. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, I we were at a lake, and uh, sh- she had the idea of let's go canoeing. Okay, you know, want to impress this beautiful lady that I kind of really yeah. like. So I'm up at the front of the canoe, and I'm paddling. I'm saying, I'm paddle, paddling, <laughs> paddling, and I'm saying, this is kind of hard, you know? And I look back at Lauren, she's sound asleep <laughs> without the parasol. Anyway, I digress as usual. Um, so, so anyway, you were going to tell us about who you... M- oh, oh, the other uh, yeah. yeah, the other theory is kind of interesting. Okay. Have you ever heard of something called a composite soul? Uh, yes. Okay. So you may have a better understanding of a composite soul than I do, but my general understanding is that it's, it's a lifetime, let's say a body in a lifetime, mm-hmm. and instead of being fueled by one soul, it gets like... A bunch of them because that life is going to be so profound and so memorable and so important that it needs more than one soul <laughs> okay something like that um that's my brief understanding does that sound like your understanding uh um, yeah yes and, and i think you did a very good job at it okay good yeah. uh, well i was told by one psychic that he believed that i was one of several souls that made up the composite of Thoreau. That was Thoreau's head. Yeah. You know what? I can, I can believe that. I, I really can because w- I've spoken to so many people when it comes to reincarnation that they are convinced that, you know, some of them are convinced that from day one of our existence yeah. as a soul, that the people within our circle are yes. with us throughout. So, I, yes. yeah, I can fully understand that. Yeah, and the other one, he, he thought that Brad was as well, hmm. which makes sense and why Brad and I felt the connection that we did to each other and then to Thoreau. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so, I mean, this was a new concept to me when it was told mm-hmm. to me, and I thought, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> I know I was, there was a, a really a strong tie for right. me with, with Thoreau and that that whole life, but I, I wouldn't have described it that way myself. But that's you know, it was it was a revelation that that felt real to yeah. me when I was told it. So it's interesting. It is. Uh, so so you're a believer of reincarnation. Yes, absolutely. In my first book called mm-hmm. Honor and Conquered, which I published kind of in the midst of the channeling, um, it was the one I was working on when it all started. Uh, I write about the writers of Concord's past. So we're talking, you know, Thoreau, which I want to just mention quickly. The other thing Thoreau is famous for is civil disobedience, his essay. I mean, surely you've heard, you know, you hear people refer to civil disobedience all the time. That's, you know, based on Thoreau's essay by that name, um, where he, you know, promotes the notion of peaceful demonstration, basically, and standing up. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm... All that stuff. That's where he's also famous. All right, so moving right along. So he, he was from Concord, <laughs> and Ralph Waldo Emerson, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Louisa May Alcott, author of Little Women. Surely you've heard of that. Um, these are all, like, the major players in the mid-19th century Concord. That's a, the, the other big cluster of history here and profoundness. 
it comes from those people. And in my first book, I wrote them in as characters living in Concord in present day. And I have windows that open up in their lives in the past. So I'm doing this little play on reincarnation or parallel lives. Um, And it was a lot of fun to write. It's a fun book. You're a fun lady. Thank you. You know what was? I am fun. I, I believe you <laughs> are. Kidding. I no, I really believe you are. Um, as, as a channel, I guess you you are a channel since you channel these people. Um, mm-hmm. Did you find any difference? And I'm being serious here because uh, I've I've you know this was brought to my attention that during the COVID, the the height of the COVID when people were locked in, that mm-hmm. many channels and mediums found that. The, the clarity between this side and that side was was crystal clear. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's did, interesting. Did you experience that? Uh, not so much. No, but, I... I mean, a little, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd have moments of it. But then the, what I tend to pick up on is a lot of the chaos and the fear and all that stuff that gets churned up. And I find that kind of disruptive. And, you know. So are, are these... These people, the only people that you challenge, uh, cha- channel? No, I no. Well, I mean, I, I've channeled Thoreau and uh-huh. a little bit of Emerson, right. um, and then other ways I would say I c- connect. I connect psychically with a lot of. I have, again, it comes back to consciousness yeah. for me. So when you're, you have that ability, um, and let's just say this: at one point. <laughs> I was told by my favorite psychic that um, they were lying. She's like, they're lining up for you. They're, they're like getting in line. They all want to talk to you, you know, because because I have mm-hmm. this ability. Um, they can't wait. And I'm over here like, you know what? I got other things to do. <laughs> so I'm a little reluctant to carry on like this um, and do another book like this or, you know, whatever. So I kind of comes and goes. But if I get really interested in a certain person, let's say, and I start to research them a lot and I read a lot about them, I can, I get their attention. Let's just put it that way. So I have channeled a few other people briefly um, just because I kind of took an interest in them and focused that way. So when would you say the first time was that you channeled Henry David Thoreau? Um, I think... I was getting little blips of him over the years and not really realizing it was him. But when I really knew it was him yeah. was in the fall after that projection had taken place. Right. And that, that was like in November of 2006. When you, um, saw, when you saw his picture for the first time, was there any connection? Totally. Really, yeah? When I was a kid, I had this author's deck. And I swear now that it, I know it had Hawthorne in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I had a picture of Thoreau in there, but I think it, he may have been in a book I had. But I, I had, I would draw into these authors that were from Concord, and I just, I, in the author's deck, I, I remember pulling Louise Malcott out, I pull Hawthorne out, and it was just this focus. So you know, when I thought of it later, in later years, I was like, yeah. oh my God, I was pulling out the writers of Concord. I didn't oh even gosh. know at the time that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. And definitely a very strong pull toward the row when I yeah. saw his picture. And I must yeah. say, I must say, I love one of his sayings: "Rather than love, than money, than fame, give me truth." Give me truth. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um, you and I have to go to our commercial break. 
for the final segment okay. of the show in about 30 seconds from now. Uh, when when you're communicating with him, mm-hmm. no, let, let me go a little step for uh, change this. Uh, when the first time you went to Concord, did mm-hmm. you feel at home? Absolutely. Yeah, was, I write about that in my first book too. It's really about the arrival. Yeah. I came out here visiting. I came over from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and then like in two years before I moved, so it was like '82. Um, and I immediately came to Concord, and it was like coming home. It was wow. just like, wow, I, you know, I recognize this place. I, you know, I belong here. All um, right, we've got to take our final break, so please stand by. And Exo Nation, once again, Catherine McIntyre is my very special guest. And I must tell you, Catherine, that I'm thoroughly enjoying this hour with you. So thank you very much thank for joining you. us. Me too. All Thanks right, Exo so Nation. Catherine and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Back everyone, Catherine McIntyre is our special guest, and uh, that was uh, from Craig because before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about you know the first time that that uh, Catherine went to Concord and she felt so at home. So Craig, in his infinite wisdom, and I've yeah okay, let's call it that for now, uh, decided to play home to me. So I, I thought that was a pretty good uh, pick. What did you think, Catherine? Yep. That was lovely. Very nice. I don't think I've heard that before. It was wow. a really nice song. Very pretty. See, you haven't heard that one, and I have never heard of uh, Thoreau until now, and I've been uh, checking him out. He's a very impressive person. 
Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> or was, yes. Well, he's, he still is because you talk to him, you communicate with I him. I do, and he is. He still is, and yeah. so are so is everyone. Um, so, so taking your example of the wonderful work that you've done, the communicating, the books you've written, how would you guide people who are listening right now, who would who are thinking? I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could communicate with somebody that would be able to work with me like Thoreau works on you. How did you, you know, any idea or any well, suggestions? Um, I think, well, I don't know. Um, I think everybody has this ability. Yeah. And if this was something you felt compelled to pursue mm. and you hadn't done a lot of it naturally, you might want to seek out somebody to help kind of teach you how to do it if you know you need to be taught um and you know do it that way but i guess what i want to say is you know thoreau didn't just come to me for me i mean he came to me for you know could i do him a favor and get this message out to the world so you know this is what it's about okay um and they really the message just you know to just put it in the simplest terms it is very timely, and that you know, I used to say, "Why is he doing this? Why? Yeah. Why? What's the big deal? Why does he keep coming back to this?" And then the times began to happen a couple of years ago, yeah. and I began to realize why. And it is, you know, really the simple method of go within, um, trust yourself, trust your conscience. All of Thoreau's teachings are about we live on; the consciousness survives death. Um, trust always in your conscience and what that tells you to do. Connect within to divinity. We are divine. We are, you know, connect to the source and always trust your instincts. Always trust your intuition. And when you do that, when you align to truth, when mm-hmm. you align to God, and you align in that way, and I mean God in any concept you want to have of Him, but the divine source we're all from, then you can decipher the truth from the lies that are swirling around you. You know, and that that's the only way. Um, I recently I'm on Twitter and I put up a you know, I put up a thing of my book and I put these words with it and I think they're really important so I'm gonna read them. <clears throat> Amid the madness of the present time, have you forgotten that you are timeless? Have you forgotten the power that you have within you? And I mean that's the rose message and that's what he you know it's like why was this happening at the time that it was why were they so intent on getting this book written and getting this message out um and reaching a wider audience than you know a 1742 conquered zip code um then um you know that's why because that's a really important message and really important thing to get right now in the present time it is very important um, so can we say that Thoreau was your co-author in this? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was, what I did, it, you know, at a certain point I was like, oh, mm-hmm. can I just say, okay, this is what he said, right. semicolon, whatever, colon, and drop it all in. And it was like, that's going to be really difficult <laughs> for anybody to decipher or read or want to read. So I had to, I felt like I had to tell the story 
with my own story as sort of an extension of what the first book was. Because the first book was me saying, okay, here I am in Concord. I've come out because I this is where I always wanted to be and I felt connected to. And I'm a psychic and I'm walking around and I'm being bombarded with images of the past. And so what am I going to do? I sit down, I start to record them, becomes a fictional story. I, I have the writers from the past, present, yada, yada. Um, then this book became the continuing story of that narrator that I was in that first book because, um, you know, I was the reluctant psychic right. and I'm trying to come to terms with my abilities. And then by the time I get back, I like leave at the end of the first book and when I return is when the second book starts. And I now it's time, you know, now I'm, you know, I've got Brad's died and I've talked to him and they're telling me Thoreau's going to start talking to me. And it's time I have to face my abilities. I have to get good at them because I need to maintain this connection. Not only do I not want to lose touch with Brad, um, who I, you know, really cared about and didn't want to lose, um, but I need, now have this opportunity to connect with this very famous, very important person in history who wants to repeat his message and make sure it's heard. So and if if Thoreau so, was your co-author, I guess we can call him a real ghostwriter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hmm, okay. okay. So, anyway, so that's the story of the book. So what I did is I wrote the story of myself again and how it happened. So And then, and then within that I present his words. So it's kind of quirky and funny, and it's it's a little bit of me being who I am, and then just same because you know I couldn't I, if I just walk up to somebody and say, well hey I, you know I channel Thoreau they're like oh, yeah sure you do, and I'm like well let me tell you how it happened and let me tell you why I think it happened and let me tell you what I did to confirm it for myself because every step of the way I doubted it, um so that's what the book's about. How could you right. doubt it though? Well, just because I was raised doubting everything, oh. every single thing that ever happened. That, that's horrific, so, you know, that I, I, I feel um, bad for you. I really do. Well, no, I mean, you know, I've overcome it. But there, <laughs> but there are so many children in this world today who still face that negativity. Yeah, I know. And it is and so wrong. Yeah. You know, hard. like with all our it's children, really we, we encouraged them. In everything yeah. they did, you know, I remember our our youngest daughter Belinda bringing me up a, a you know a package of toilet paper, saying, "Daddy, this is my new invisible friend." <laughs> you know, she was about four years old. I said, "Well, that's yeah. nice, sweetheart." You know, uh, well, you know, how did you meet? Oh, downstairs, she was in the closet, and <laughs> so what are you going to say? You're nuts, kid! It's a roll of toilet paper for God's sake. Costco has a warehouse full of it. No, you. We always believed that. It's good that you believed. Yeah. You may have just uh, sort of brought the toilet paper just to say, just so she had something to right. show because she couldn't show the invisible friend. I am somebody who had invisible friends as a kid too. I have two two older sisters who still tease me about my invisible friends, uh. but they weren't invisible to me. I, I'm sure they were there. Yeah. I believe that children have the ability to see an entire spectrum that we are yeah. weaned off of by society. And it's the children who have the ability, like yourself, to hold on to that spectrum and not let people feed them filled with negativity 
Yeah. That are people who are as gifted as you are. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's really true. You have to let yeah. let the truth out with the kids. You have to listen because they they know stuff. That's right. And Catherine, they're seeing stuff. Catherine, the time has come when you and I must say so long. I, I want to thank you ever so much. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish thank you, you much success. And please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books. Okay. Um, well, the books are available really on in, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Any of the Internet booksellers should would have it, and really any local bookstore should be able to order it, um, and both books, actually. But um, your the Thorough Whisper yeah. is, is the latest one, and it's an e-book as well as paperback. And... Honor and Conquered is still available. It may be coming out as an ebook soon. I'm trying to make up my mind if I want to do it again or not. That's kind of a long story yeah. with that. But um, so, And my website is, like you said, theconqueredwriter.com and thethorowhisper.com. And I'm on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. All right. Take care of yourself, Catherine. A very, Thank you so uh, much. You know, and you just have a wonderful day. And please do the world a favor and never change because you are truly a blessing. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. You take care and keep smiling, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon. Sounds great. Thank good night you so now. much. Exxon okay, Nation, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. <music> 